Welcome to the Small Blower Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who might be eating healthier than I do at this stage, Brandon Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing quite well. I, I doubt that's true, Trevor. I, there's no way that's true, because just your plethora of things that you eat are way better than mine. I mean, if we're just being honest, um, and to be honest, a man who's probably eating healthier than I am right now is, of course, the third member of our podcast, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? I'm doing well, man. Um, you know what, Brandon? I miss the good old days where we used to talk about how many fudge rounds we could eat in one sitting. Uh, yeah, and yeah. how And how many chocolate chip granola bars we could eat before 9 a.m. Those are the good old days, Brandon. I, I miss those days. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Uh, you know, and those those were the best times just on, on, on the uh, the old branded diet. But, you know, Ben, we're now on the new branded the, the diet. The super stuffed is... Oreos that have just a stupid amount of cream yep. in them. Good, good yeah, time. the most stuffed Oreos. Yeah. You know, we have like three cakes on deck at any point in time. It, it, it was a great life. It really it was. was. And it's one we'll reminisce on forever. Um, but we are not here to talk about food. Uh, however, I think we all could talk about I, I, for We can do it. I, I had no issue doing it right now. Honestly, I, hey, another podcast, the, the Small Baller Foodies. What do you guys think? Let's just run it. Let's do it. Trevor? Yeah, let's go. What do you think? Let's go. <laughs> well, for this podcast, we'll talk about some sports stuff uh, if you guys want to. Um, we'll, we'll get right into it. First up, we had the match uh, this past Tuesday, or was it Wednesday? I don't remember. Wednesday? I don't know. I think it was Wednesday. It was, it was Wednesday. Wednesday. It was Wednesday. It doesn't matter. It was June 1st. It was June 1st. Um, we had Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Uh, Brady, did they end up winning yep. the last one? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers with a clutch putt to win it. I know Brady didn't play so well. It seemed like Rodgers uh, carried a little bit. It seems like the story of both of their lifetimes. Um, but besides the point, we did have the match. Um, let's get some of your guys' thoughts. Uh, ben, I'll start with you. What, what did you think about the match? I just, I, th- I mean, I really enjoyed it. I, I watched a lot of it. I, I think it's such a... It's such a good idea and it's such good TV because for many reasons, and we talked about this, but like one is golf's a sport where it's easy to watch because it's very personal and you can kind of, I mean, you can listen to their conversations in between their shots that they take. Um, and two, golf's such a hard sport, so it's always it's always very refreshing and very fun to watch somebody that's amazing at what they do be terrible at golf just like the rest of us are. Because um, I, w- I have a hard time believing that Patrick Mahomes is bad at a lot of things and Tom Brady's bad at a lot of things, so watching them struggle at times on a golf course and, you know, have the same frustrated look and look at their clubs like it's their club's fault when they hit a bad shot like I do. It's just, it's very, it's very fun. It's very refreshing to watch um, them struggle at something for like the first time in their life. But I, I, and I said this earlier, I think this is something they should never stop doing this. I think there's always people that are willing to do it. One, because a lot of athletes golf, it's just something that's easy to do in your free time. It's something that you can get away um, from the public and you can kind of be in your own world on a golf course. So as long as I think, they have athletes that are willing to do this. I think they should keep doing this for as long as possible. And you can bring in other sports. It doesn't just have to be football. There's plenty of other athletes in other sports that, that golf in their free time. Um, but it's just such a it's such a cool thing. And obviously, they raise a lot of money. It's so cool to listen to them you know, talk trash to one another. Uh, and I think because this was the first time that there was no professional golfer, I actually think that's way better because – there's really no one that like you have to like you can rely on. Like when Phil Mickelson's there, it's like yeah, it's it's great. Whatever Tiger's there, it's great. But the football player does. It's not as much pressure on them because it's like I hit a bad shot, but Tiger Woods is gonna hit a good shot for me. The fact that there was all four golfers that aren't real really golfers, um, I think that made it so much better and so much more entertaining because it really was like every shot matters to where you hit a bad shot. Now Josh Allen is sitting there like shoot, I gotta hit a good shot, and a lot of times he wasn't hitting a good shot. 
Um, so it's just it, the, the fact that, that they had to struggle and they really had to scramble a lot, like a lot of us amateur golfers do. It was really entertaining. It was really fun to watch. Um, and again, it's something that I think as long as they put it on, people are willing to watch. Yeah, hundred percent, and it, it really is kind of just like a flawless idea collectively. Uh, just throw a ton of these athletes that are big names and just watch how they interact with each other. Uh, Trevor, you of course, Tom Brady is one of your favorite players. So how did you think uh, the match went down this year? Yeah, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. I mean, this was the perfect uh, four guys to have, you know, in the match. Having like the you know the the new school Allen Mahomes, kind of like the quarterbacks of 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 right now. I, I mean, Brady and Rogers are still awesome. But Allen and Mahomes are kind of like the future in a sense, and Brady and Rodgers have been great for so many years now. So seeing them face off against each other was a lot of fun. And obviously, as always, the the best thing about this environment, the match, is hearing the conversations, hearing the back and forth. Sometimes you'll get like a couple good stories in there. And then, you know, the commentators, you know, you have to rely on, uh, you know, like Charles Barkley, Trevor Immelman, who I didn't really know who he was, but like, Hearing him, like, break down, I think he was, like, breaking down all of the guys' swings when they would drive it, and it was, like, pretty nuts. Like, this guy, I was like, this guy, I don't know who he is, but he knows a ton about golf, and I was I was just Googling him, figuring out that he, like, you know, played professionally, and he won a major and stuff like that, but that was really impressive. You know, you got Ernie, obviously, so it was, it was really cool to hear all the conversations where you have this element of just, like, pure entertainment, where they're joking, and Tom Brady's, you know, constantly going at Josh Allen, uh, talking about how Josh Allen's never beating him. And then you have, you still, you, know, you got Charles Barkley making jokes, and then you have Trevor Immelman coming in with a uh, hard-hitting analysis. So I thought it was a good balance of the analysis and the entertainment. And then it was a close match, right? Like it came down to the final hole. Aaron Rodgers hit the clutch putt. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers probably was the best golfer of the four of them. So it was, it was really cool, you know? And I obviously, I think we all enjoy... Uh, this kind of setting uh, when you have athletes coming into golf and you know I was trying to think about like who are other athletes that you can bring in that maybe haven't done it before right like Steph Curry's done it before you've had Charles Barkley do it before but that's kind of what I wanted to transition into I mean Brandon do you have uh, like any other guys that maybe haven't done it so far that you think would be awesome in a setting like this there's one guy who was one of my favorite professional athletes ever, who is currently the greatest commentator we've ever seen. Oh my gosh. And that is Tony Romo. Tony Romo almost made the cut like at like professional tournaments. He would be gold at one of the matches. Like, just perfect. And Ben, I know you're like, oh my god, you could shut up, okay? He would be the perfect person for the match, and you know it. You know Tony Romo would be perfect. No, he'd be amazing, and, I was, and I was I was going to say his name, because I think he'd be good. I think you gave him too much credit, but... Um, Actually, I think I didn't give his, him enough credit. In terms of his commentating, you gave him too much credit. He's a good golfer, though. I think he'd be fantastic. That was one of the ones I was going to say for sure. He would he would be like one of the best golfers you could possibly get for this that isn't a pro. I mean, because he, he's literally competed at pro tournaments. Uh, Trevor, who who are some of your guys? Actually, I have one more. I have one more I just thought of. Another person mm-hmm. that would be good would be Jimmy Butler. Oh, he would be really good. He talk a lot of smack. Like I can Butler, promise Trevor. you that. <laughs> he definitely he would talk a lot of smack, but he's also not a bad golfer. I think I've seen like clips of him golfing, and he's like not terrible at all. Yeah. Um. So, Tre- who do you think, Trevor? Do you got any guys in that you think of? For sure. I mean, as far as good golfers, like I don't, I don't know. I was trying to look through a list. Like it says that I think Ray Allen's supposed to be a pretty go- good golfer. I don't know if Ray Allen. I don't know how entertaining he would necessarily be, uh, but he's supposed to be a good golfer. 
obviously getting Michael Jordan in one of these things, I think would be like the ultimate uh, win. Like, I mean, that that's my number. So that's my number one, like Michael Jordan, for sure. Like getting him. And I would like to see Charles come back and play. Like you have to have them. I would imagine that Michael Jordan's a better golfer than Charles, right? So you would have to give, you would have to make the handicaps work. So it's a close match, but have Michael Jordan on one team and have Charles Barkley on another team and then give Charles Barkley, like, I don't know, some other guy, like maybe give him like Steph Curry and then maybe give Michael Jordan another uh, pro NBA player that's like not as good as Steph so that it kind of balances out. I think something like that would be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Jordan definitely would be kind of like the ultimate get, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he would never do it because he just hates being on camera, but he would be like genuinely the perfect person for this because his, his smack talk would be so good. Can you imagine like him and Jimmy Butler? Because like there's oh, the dude. rumor that there's the, <laughs> there's like that rumor that Jimmy's his son or something. Have you guys seen that? You know what I'm talking <laughs> no, about? No, I don't. You haven't seen no, that? It's like a big thing that they kind of have. Butler they have is. the same. They have like the same like stubbornness and attitude to him. I feel like. Like, like I could see. I it. think the joke is that like they look alike. They do look alike, too. but interesting. I just think I'll, Jimmy Butler is also very like he can be very stubborn, and so can Michael Jordan. So I could I could see like their personalities if they were like against each other. I think somebody would get punched. Like it would get intense, especially if it was close. I think that'd be a sight to Trevor, see for I'm, sure. Yeah, no, it would be. Trevor, I'm really surprised you haven't heard about this. This has, like, been a really popular thing. Trevor, Trevor's not a Jimmy Butler fan, so it doesn't even matter. I, oh, I'm, I'm a very <laughs> big Jimmy Butler fan. Um, you know, it would even be interesting if, if, we had, if we could get Michael Jordan and Tom Brady on the same team. I mean, come on. Like, that would be incredible. Two goats I mean, interaction would be so cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be super, super cool. Uh, let's continue with some, some NBA talk. We have some players that might be going to the NBA and some that have decided to remain at their schools. Um, we were talking about on June 1st, the uh, college basketball players had to decide if they were staying in the draft or going back to school. Um, but we got a couple notable names staying. Um, so, Trevor, I thought you could give us a little rundown through these names and, you know, some of your thoughts. On that. Like, we saw Drew Timmy. He's going back for his uh, 42nd year in college. Yeah, for sure. So we'll, uh, Somehow. Yeah, so we'll start with that one. Drew Timmy, he's going back to Gonzaga. Um, also, Julian Strother from Gonzaga. He's also returning to school. Um, I would say these were both as expected, I think, given... Looking at a lot of mock drafts, neither of them are super high. Um, I'm not really sure if e either of them would have been drafted necessarily. So I think this was pretty clear, or this was pretty uh, obvious that I think this was going to happen. And, you know, it, it makes sense because now with NIL, like Drew Timmy, he's one of the, I think he's already one of the like most notable Gonzaga players ever. And if he comes back for another season, uh, you know, they're probably now going to be, uh, I, I think I've seen a different poll. A few different polls. I think a couple of them have had Gonzaga number one. Um, maybe a couple others have had them two or three. But regardless of the poll, every poll I've seen has had Gonzaga in like the top three or four because of Timmy and Strother returning. Obviously, they're going to bring in, you know, a couple. I think they have a couple good freshmen that comes in. Actually, one of the freshmen that Gonzaga is bringing in, Braden Huff, is from Glen Ellen, uh, which is right around the area where I live. I, I went and saw him play a high school basketball game. He's going to. Gonzaga, he'll be a freshman. So Gonzaga's going to have a really good team again. And, um, you know, Drew Timmy, I mean, just thinking about, like, the best Gonzaga players, like Adam Morrison, you know, he's one of the most notable ones. Um, he's kind of what helped make Gonzaga what it is back in, like, the mid-2000s. Obviously, you know, he had the great run. Him and J.J. Redick, you know, kind of competing for the player of the year, I think, in 2006. 
and then they had their like uh, dramatic loss to UCLA in the final seconds, and you know he started breaking down in tears um, at the end of that game. But I think when you look at like the greatest Gonzaga players, you have like Adam Morrison. Uh, I think Drew Timmy, you know, could be in that mix. I mean, other than that, like there's a bunch of other good ones like Rui Hachimura, Brandon Clark. Um, I don't know. There's so many different good ones that you have. But I think Drew Timmy has an opportunity to be the best one. Like if he goes and, you know, with Gonzaga and they potentially win a championship, if they finally do it, I think Drew Timmy will be the undisputed, like best Gonzaga player. So I think that's a big one. Uh, we also have uh, your Michigan Wolverines, Brandon. Uh, Caleb Houston and Musa Diabade both remaining in the NBA draft. So Michigan, mm-hmm. they've lost quite a few notable uh, players, and you know it's going to be interesting to see how they recover. Um, you know now with some of their biggest players uh, leaving. Do you have any thoughts on uh, your Wolverines, Brandon? Um, yeah, I think they'll be fine. This was a pretty upsetting past season. Uh, both of these guys, honestly, I think, like, it's weird because, like, I think they made the right decision and the wrong decision. Like, the right decision because they were very high prospects um, and the direction they were going in terms of play at uh, school was, like, oh, this might be the highest we have. But I feel like they could have come back and had, like, really good years and built up their their spots in the draft to be, like, maybe not lottery picks, but definitely first-rounders. Um, I'm not sure really where either one is supposed to go, but... I think that these are big losses for Michigan. I think they'll be okay, but it's definitely going to be a little rough without the two of them. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to outright call it the wrong decision, but I'm looking at uh, Sam Bassini, one of uh, one of the guys who I look at his mock drafts most often. Uh, Musa Diabade, he has 51st in his big board, and Caleb Houston, he has 54th. So both in the you know late second round there. Um, where it's kind of like they could get drafted, but they might not get drafted. It might be a, like a two-way guy, something like that. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, you know that that's the decision they have made. We'll see. Uh, you know what happens. We'll see if they get drafted. Um, a couple other guys that we had here. Um, let's see, Trevor Keels. He's remaining in the draft um, out of Duke. So going to be interesting there. He decides to uh, remain in the NBA draft. Daylon Terry from Arizona, another one. Dalen Terry is one of my favorite players in college basketball this past year. Um, and, you know, the Miami Heat, they have the 27th pick. And if Dalen Terry is still there at 27, uh, I definitely would not be upset if the Heat drafted Dalen Terry. He's a really interesting player, um, you know, kind of like, I don't know, he just does a lot. He makes a lot of winning plays. He can play good defense. He can create for others. Um, he's like a – it's weird because he played point guard in Arizona. Um you know, but he was he's like a taller point guard and it's it's kind of a weird fit. Like he can do a lot of different things as a playmaker, but he's not necessarily the best shooter all the time. So um it'll be interesting. But I really like Dalen Terry. I think this is the right decision for him because he probably if he's a he's either a first round pick or early second, I think. So that'll be uh interesting there. Uh the only other one I wanted to mention, uh Tur- Turquavion Smith from NC State. He is going back to NC State. Um, and Sam Vecini's draft board, he had him 26th overall. So uh, a likely first-round pick going back to school there. Um, it seems like he definitely has a lot of loyalty to NC State, um, that he really loves his school. So, you know, uh, we'll see if he can kind of make a leap in the way that maybe someone like a Jaden Ivey. Like Jaden Ivey went back to school last year, and now in this draft, Jaden Ivey is probably going to be a top five, top six pick. So maybe that's uh, an opportunity for Quavion Smith to kind of leap up 
uh, for the 2023 NBA draft. Um, ben, are, are there any uh, decisions that you wanted to maybe mention or anything you found interesting uh, coming out of these decisions? So I don't have anything specific. Obviously, my boy Drew Timmy. I, if he stayed for forty two years, I'd be happy with it. I I I think I think college basketball would be better if if Drew Timmy just stays at Gonzaga forever because he's not going to have a good NBA career. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, but I will say because I saw this the other day and it bothers me. Now there's not a lot. I want to say there's a lot of people, but there are definitely people that aren't a fan of of the of the the privilege that college basketball players have of being able to declare for a draft and then go back to school. I think that's crazy. I think I think this is a fantastic thing that you can do because think about it. Any other job you're allowed to go see if you're if it's a right fit. Um, so the people that think like it's not fair that you can basically leave your school and then say I might come back, I might not, and then like Drew Timmy, oh I'm coming back because I wasn't going to get drafted in the NBA. I think that's a ridiculous argument. I think it's I think it's such a cool thing that that they're able to do that. And again, they're not going to hire an agent, so they're, they're not like that. They're doing it the right way where they're not necessarily going in and hiring an agent making all this money and then going back to school um and nil changes that a little bit but i like the idea that they that they can do that because i do think that's fair i think it's absolutely fair for somebody like drew timmy to go and go go enter the nba draft you know unofficially kind of and look at it and go yeah i don't have a chance here there's x amount of players that are better than me teams don't seem like they're that interested in me they recommend i go back to school then i think that's every every college kid should have the right to then go back to school and play an extra year, however long, and develop their game to where the next year that they are a better option for teams on their boards. Um, so I just thought that was, I just thought that was interesting. I saw that on like Twitter the other day, where people were mad that that people like Drew Timmy can do that. I think that's a ridiculous argument. I think it's fantastic, um, and I do think it's beneficial for one the NBA because the the NBA is getting the best crop of kids. Like if a kid's not good enough, they're not gonna not gonna declare for the NBA draft. And two, it's better for the players and better for the college basketball programs because people like Drew Timmy. They can come back, and I promise you, Mark Few's probably pretty happy that Drew Timmy's going to come back and play another year. Um, so it wouldn't be. So it really bothers me that it really bothers me that people um, think that that's like a stupid thing that you can do. And I think actually, it's 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 amazing for all parties involved that you can do that. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. And just adding on to that, you know, a lot of these players get some great feedback on their games, like things they Absolutely. can work on uh, their next year of college, things they need to get better at. Um, so I think that feedback is great. You know, a lot of these guys that, um, well, not, not all of them, but you know, some of these guys that maybe are first round picks, some teams like maybe give them promises and stuff like that. So if you're not like, if you don't think it's a guarantee for you to be a first round pick, or maybe you don't have a lot of teams that are interested in you, then you can, you know, you know, you could kind of get an idea that you don't have maybe a great chance to be drafted. So just getting that feedback is a great thing. And, um, you know, it's awesome that we're going to get another year of Drew Timmy in college basketball. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, it's better for us as fans for sure um, as well. I don't know if you've mentioned that specifically, Ben, but uh, we're all excited to see Drew Timmy back. Let's keep on moving on here to small talk trivia. Uh, Trevor, what is the current scoreboard? So current score, Brendan, you are in the lead. 13.5 points for you. Uh, ben and I are tied with 12.5 points. Interesting. Well, Ben, you were up first. You will be asking me a question today. I'll be asking Trevor, and Trevor, you'll be asking Ben. Okay, Brandon, my question pertains to NBA Finals. NBA Finals is going on, so I wanted to keep it topical with an NBA Finals trivia question. Okay. Now, this is the answer is going to be an NBA team, okay? So, okay. again, okay. I'm nice. I'm giving you, like, a 1 in 30 chance of getting this right. Unlike, yeah, yeah, yeah. unlike I, you know, so Trevor over here is going to ask a question about a player when there's been 5,000 players in NBA history, and he's going to claim it's an easy question, whatever. 
Um, my question is easy. No offense, Trevor. Um, Brandon, let me ask you this. First of all, this isn't my question, but can you guess what team has lost the most NBA Finals? Um, what team has lost the most NBA yeah. Finals? I, I'll say... I'll say the Lakers. Yeah, you're right. It's the Lakers. That's too easy. So my question is, who's lost the second most NBA Finals in NBA history? The Lakers have lost the most because they've been in a bunch. They've lost 15 of them um, because they've been in like 30 of them. But my question is, who is number two on that list? Who has lost the second most NBA Finals series? And I'll even tell you this. There's two answers here. So you just have to get one of the two right. There's there's uh, two teams that are tied for number two. You just got to get one of the two right. Interesting. Well, I feel like... It would be the Celtics. Um, that's because they've been to a, a lot of them. I'd imagine it, it's the Celtics. There's not like many more that I feel like I can think of past that. And there's definitely a couple other historic teams that would be, in terms of playing in finals, are up there. Uh, but the Celtics didn't lose a lot. So maybe that's not a good guess. I don't know. I think I'll go with my gut because I don't really know the answer. Like for sure. Uh... I'll go with the Celtics. Celtics, Brandon, that is incorrect. It is not the Celtics. Believe it or not, the Celtics have only lost four times. They've won 17 finals. They've lost four, which is insane to think about. The fact that they've been to 21 and they've only lost four of them. Um, That is not not correct. They are, I guess technically they're like fifth on this list, but um, that is not correct. Trevor, for half a point, can you name one of the two teams that have lost the second most NBA finals, I guess, series of all time? Okay, so the Celtics have lost four. Uh, they've lost four series in the NBA Finals all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you by chance? Can you tell us how many the Lakers have lost or no? The Lakers have lost fifteen. Okay, so Lakers have lost fifteen. Celtics have lost four, uh, and there are two teams yes. that are tied for second. Number second most. Yep, second most losses. So it's got to be in like the. And you said the Celtics were like fifth or something, or tied for fifth, or yeah, they're fifth. Um, so we'd be looking at. I don't think anyone's that close to the Lakers, so I would imagine these two teams probably have around I don't know maybe seven or eight losses in the finals. So one of the first teams, because uh, the Celtics were one of my the first teams that came to my my mind. Uh, the other one that came to my mind right away was the New York Knicks. Um, the New York Knicks lost back to back titles in the nineties. They lost uh, at least one or two in the 70s. So they at least have four. Um, So that's a possible team I could say. Um, Let's see. The Spurs have lost. I don't think the Spurs are up there because the Spurs weren't really good until the 99 season. I I don't think they were. I don't think they even. I don't know if they made a finals appearance before that. And I don't think they have four losses necessarily they have the one in against Miami um yeah I don't think they would have four so I don't think it's the Spurs I think the Knicks is the is the one that is like at the top of my mind I'm just trying to see if there's other teams like the Warriors the Warriors when they were like they were the Philadelphia Warriors and then I don't know they might have changed their name again but they had a couple losses in like I think the 50s through 70s they had like a few like two or three so that's another option um but but i don't i don't really know i think i'm just gonna go with even like the 76ers maybe because the philly teams had a couple losses too um but i think i'm just gonna go with the knicks 
because they're the team that stands out most to me. So uh, that's my final answer, uh, the Knicks. All right, Trevor, you're right. And I will say the way that you went about that was very impressive because the 76ers are the other team tied with the Knicks for, for second place. They both have lost six times. They've lost um, six NBA finals. The, the, the Sixers, that franchise is three and six all time, and the Knicks are two and six all time. And then right after that, in fourth place, is the Warriors franchise and then the Celtics, like Brandon said. So, Trevor, that whole thought process, other than the Spurs, the Spurs have only lost once to LeBron. Um, but other, yeah. your whole thought process there was impressive. You were, you were right on it. The, the, the Knicks is definitely a, definitely a correct answer considering they're one of the two teams tied for number two. Awesome. Okay. That was a good question. Huh? I like that question, Ben. Yeah, it was a good question. Good job, Ben. It was good. Um, okay, up next is me. I will be asking Trevor a question. So, Trevor, here's my question. Um, the It is also an NBA Finals question, um, and it's going to be about total points in the NBA Finals. So LeBron is overwhelmingly the top in terms of active players um, with 1,500 points. Okay? Okay. Who is the second highest, so the other... This is the next highest current player in terms of points. Okay, the next highest current player. Yeah. Okay, so total finals points. LeBron's number one, obviously. Um, and then the next highest current player. So, um, Ben has an opportunity to steal. Got to keep that in mind. <laughs> but um, I think it's... Well, uh, yeah, I'm not going to give anything away. Um, I don't know. We, oh, man. The second most playoff points. I don't know because... Not playoff, finals. Oh, finals, finals, finals. Finals points, specifically. Finals points. Okay, so this player has played in one, two, three, four, five finals. And then this other player has played in one, two. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be him then, right? Yeah, okay. Um... I think it's Steph Curry, right? I think, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to lock that in. I think because he's played in so many now. Yeah, I'm going I'm to say Steph Curry. Is, this predates game one, right? I'm, I'm guessing or I don't know. Because Steph Curry had 34 in game one. I don't, know if, I don't know if those 34 points are counted in this question or not. But I'm going, I, I'm going I Steph I am unsure, Curry. to be honest. I'm going Steph Curry. If they are or aren't. Uh, is that your final answer, though? Yeah, if it's not him, I know who it is. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> okay. Um, well, you are correct. It is Steph Curry okay, at cool. 741 points. Who who would you think is second? So Kevin Durant is after that, right? No, Kevin Durant is actually third. Well, oh. Fourth on the list. Third is Klay Thompson. But they are okay. both very close. They're 53 points apart. Okay, so the games. Klay Thompson beats in the games. I gotcha. Awesome. So Steph Curry is correct. Trevor, I think this might be your first ever point and a half day. Yeah. I need to uh, replicate that every single week from now on. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trevor, well, uh, you're up next to ask Ben a question. All right, so um, I was a little worried when Brandon started that because his question sort of was resembling mine, but it is different. It's different enough. Um, hopefully Brandon did not look at this stat, but uh, Ben, if you just get the answer right, you won't have to worry about that. Um, so this is a finals trivia question. Um, now it pertains to a single finals game. So uh, basically there are... So basically, the question is this. How many players have scored at least 50 points in a finals game? Now, the way I think we should do this, so the answer is going to be a number. The way I think we should do this is that I think Brandon should text me the answer. 
because I think we've had questions like this in the past. Um, and I want to give you guys a margin of, I think two is a good margin. So does that make sense? Mm-hmm. There have been a certain amount of players that have scored at least 50 points in a single finals game. The question is how many players have scored 50 points in a finals game? Oh, Trevor. Oh, I hate these. So, so here, I have a question, Trevor. Let's say the answer is 10 and Ben guesses nine and I guess 10. Does that mean he gets it right? Yeah, because I'm asked yes. first, so yeah. Yep. Okay. So, so it's my a margin, question, Brandon. Don't, margin of two. Don't try to take my question from me. Margin of two. Um, so you have to be within, a, you know, the margin of two, and then it, like if you like if you get the answer right on Brandon, it, it doesn't matter because Ben's still first. So even if Ben gets it, but he's two off, okay, Ben gets the point. Trevor, before the podcast, you were telling us that this was an easy question. No, no, no. no. I there was a different question. I I scrapped the different question that was. Too well, can, oh, we, can okay. we go back to that question then? Um... <laughs> yeah. Wait. What was that question? <laughs> All right. No, it was too easy. Fifty points. Well, at first, Trevor... Uh, Trevor, I'm already texting you my answer because I, I don't know. When you I, first asked that, I was like, oh, it's got to be really high. And then I thought and I thought about it. I'm like, 50 points is a lot of points. So it's probably not as high as I thought it'd be. Did you, did you get my answer, Trevor? Yes, um, I got your answer. Okay. All right, Trevor, what, what did he say? I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> 50 he, points. All right. You can go through your um, thought process now. Brandon submitted wait, his answer. I, I mean... Yeah, yeah, I submitted my answer. Wait, Trevor, can you tell me if I would be correct? Um... I mean, sure, yeah, I could tell you. Okay, am, am I correct? <laughs> um, you, you're very well. So you would, if you, if this was your question, you would get the point. I'll tell you that. So you're telling me if I get oh, it wrong, okay, he gets so half I, a point. Woo! If, if, well, sounds yeah, good to me. Ben, Ben, if you get this wrong, Brandon gets a half a point. Yes. Well, that's a lot of pressure on me, man. I don't <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> Fifty points in a game. I don't know if LeBron's ever done it. Um. I mean, it can't be that many people. I can't. I, mean, I can't. It is very, very hard to do. I mean, I don't think like Steph has ever done it. Um, I'm sure like MJ has done it, but I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and name the people I think have done it. I don't think it's that many. So I gotta be within two. Let's think strategically here. I'm gonna go with an answer of. I'm gonna say eight. My final answer is gonna be eight. Okay. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. Yeah. Is it different players or is it time? So, like, if Michael Jordan you know, did it twice, does that count as one or two? Michael Jordan has not done it twice. I'll tell you that. There's, there's no. Okay, but hold if a on, player, hold on. if a player has done it twice, there's no, there's no player that's done it twice. I right, whatever. Fine. My answer is eight. That's my answer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No players done it twice. So. All right. That's fair. I will tell you, um, Ben. You guessed eight. Brandon guessed six. I was gonna guess seven too, but the I did. answer is seven. So let's go. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I was hoping it was five. So I was ben, gonna guess seven, but I changed it there last second and guessed eight. You get the full point, Ben. Oh God, rough day for me. Good stuff. That was a good question, Trevor. Yeah, I now see, like you know, it. That, that, I got that it wasn't right. a bad question. Well, if I got it wrong, I would have hated it. But I, I like so. It. So the first question, which kind they I think they said this on the Game 1 broadcast, but the first question I was going to ask is, Steph Curry had, I think he had 21 points in the first quarter. Who has the most points in a quarter in the finals game? The answer was Michael Jordan. He had 22 oh. in the finals game. In, in a oh, quarter. I thought it was Clay. Um, no, 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 in a finals that wasn't game. In a, in that, finals wasn't in game. The, that wasn't in the regular season. Oh. In a finals game, yeah. So the answer would have been Michael Jordan, which I thought was a little too easy, so... 
Oh, I wouldn't have gotten that one. <laughs> well, I, I, I got the, the harder one, but that's okay. We'll move on. Let's get to the finals. We've had one game of the finals, uh, which the Celtics took, and we have another game tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Trevor, throwing this on over to you. Um, what exactly happened in this first finals game? I, I know it was nuts. Yeah, right. So, I mean, there were a lot of... It, it was really a tale of, like... I don't know. You can almost separate it into each quarter. Like, you don't, you can almost say there were four different games because there were a lot of in-game adjustments. There were a lot of changes that were made throughout. Like, the first quarter, obviously, Steph goes off. He had 21 points in the quarter. I think he had six threes. Um, you know, he was just... He was incredible. And the Celtics, um, you know as good as the Celtics defense has been uh, throughout the, the season, throughout the playoffs, uh, they were playing drop coverage against Steph Curry, which is something you can do against the Miami Heat, and it can work because, you know, they don't have as many great three-point shooters. They certainly don't have a Steph Curry on their roster. But when you play drop coverage against Steph and Curry, what you're doing is you're Robert Williams is is not uh, once he goes around the screen. Robert Williams is dropping back into the paint basically, so that they make sure that that big does not slip through. And Steph Curry basically gets a wide open three, um, which is uh, just a, a massive a blunder. So Steph Curry had a couple of those opportunities in the first quarter. Um, I think uh, I, I don't know if Marcus Smart was mic'd up, but I think there was a huddle they went into like late first or early second, and Marcus Smart was like. Uh, this isn't the Heat series, you know. Uh, this is this is Steph Curry. It, it's not the Heat series anymore. We can't play defense like that. Which you know, I, I'm a Heat fan. I don't take any offense to that. He is right. Like you got to play Steph Curry differently than you play like a Jimmy Butler or a Bam Adebayo, guys like that, right? So it makes sense. That was the story of the first quarter. Now uh, the Warriors only had a four point lead. So Boston they did a really good job of weathering the storm in the first quarter, and then the second quarter. Um, that's when they, they went on a little bit of a run. They did lead by two at half, and that run was mainly led by Jalen Brown. Uh, Jalen Brown did a great job when the Celtics, um, you know, struggled on offense on, you know, uh, a number of possessions. Jalen Brown did a great job of driving to the basket, you know, cutting through the defense, cutting through the teeth of the defense, and he would either get a layup, he would get fouled, or occasionally he could even kick it out, and, you know, you could have an Al Horford or a Derek White hitting a three. Um, which was really good, and he did this throughout the game. I think Jalen Brown, like, looking at his box score, he had 24 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists in this game. Uh, he shot 10 of 23, um, and he was a plus 22. So, you know, the the plus minus isn't necessarily something that always is a great indicator, but I think in this game it's really telling that Jalen Brown was a plus 22 because it felt like um, like everything that he did – all of the the big plays that he made were were so important and they were very timely. Like it felt like when the Warriors had an opportunity to pull away, Jalen Brown would do something to kind of uh, slow down, I guess, the Warriors' offense, kill the momentum a little bit. And I thought that was really impressive uh, for Jalen Brown to do that. Now you get to the third quarter and the Warriors, they're known for these third quarter runs and they made it happen again. They outscored the Celtics by 14. It looked like, here we go, the Warriors are the Warriors. This is what they've done for so many years now. Um, and, and that's kind of how it looked. I think the Warriors had a 12-point lead going into the fourth quarter. It was 82-70, to 70, I believe. Um, uh, yes, 82-70? to 70? I don't know. But yeah, so they had a lead. And then the Celtics in the fourth quarter, again, they just, they're so resilient. Like They keep fighting back. They don't give up. 
and they went on a run, and they had one of the hottest shooting quarters I've ever seen in my life. It was crazy. I mean, if you look at the threes, uh, like the Boston Celtics made 21 of 41 threes. Al Horford, uh, Al Horford was 6 of 8, Marcus Smart 4 of 7, Derek White was 5 of 8. So those three guys combined, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, and Derek White shot, let's see, 5, 9. They shot 15 of 23 from 3. This was the stat that Draymond Green was talking about in the press conference. And he was like, well, I don't think the Celtics are going to do that again. But they did it in this game. They made 15 of 23 threes in the game. And it was very impressive. Um, And really, I mean, I guess my biggest takeaway from the game was that regardless of which team you were rooting for, or if you're, you know, a neutral party and you just want a good series, both teams have cases to be made of why they should still feel good about their chances and why they should still be confident. Like, even though the Warriors lost, you can look at it and you can say, well, you know, uh, they went— what Draymond said, they went 15 of 23, you know, Al Horford, Derek White, and Smart. They're not going to do that again. They're not going to shoot that well again. Uh, you know, we just have to make the defensive adjustments that we know we can be made, that can be made, um, and we're still feeling good, right? Like, Draymond Green was 2 of 12 from the floor. Klay Thompson was 6 of 14. Jordan Poole was horrible in this game. He was 2 of 7, only had 9 points. So you look at some of those things, if you're the Warriors, and you're like, well, we can fix these things. And if you're the Celtics... You're like, well, we just won a game where Jason Tatum shot 3 of 17 from the floor. So I think, you know, I already thought this was going to be a great series. I thought it was going to be Warriors in 7, and I still am sticking with that, obviously. And I think we just got more confirmation that this will be a great series. Um, But, Ben, I'm I'm going to go to you. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on this game one, anything that stood out um, from from the game? I mean, it just makes sense, like, I've been sitting here talking up the Warriors, and even going into the series, like I'm sitting there and I'm like, I really can't see the Celtics winning this series. But I mean, I said, I remember saying the Celtics are a better matchup. I felt like than the Heat were against the Warriors, but I still feel like the Warriors are the better team. So I remember texting you when I watched the end of this game, and the Warriors get really cold and they can't hit a shot to save their life in the fourth quarter. I'm just sitting there and I, I was like in total disbelief. I could not believe what I was seeing, especially the way the Warriors started. Right, Steph Curry's on fire in the first half of the game. And then all of a sudden, he kind of pulls a Steph Curry and just like he just disappears for the last the last part of the game. Um, I will say, the Celtics just played a better game. I mean, and you just mentioned this, Trevor, but I think a lot of us would be surprised if, a week ago if I would have told you sitting here, the Celtics are up 1-0 in this series, and not to mention that in that first game, the Celtics shot better from the field from three and from the free throw line, which the, the Warriors, you know, this dynasty of the Warriors have been known to do is just absolutely destroy teams. One, free throws. They don't miss free throws. They get a lot of points from the free throw line. And obviously, they shoot the ball very efficiently and they make a lot of threes. And the fact that the Celtics were able to beat them in all three of those categories there um, is crazy to me. It's just absolutely crazy. And I will say, and I could sound really stupid if you're listening to this like on Monday after game two, but I don't, I cannot see the Celtics, or the, uh, excuse me, I cannot see the Warriors losing game two. I cannot see it. I refuse to believe that the Warriors are going to allow themselves to go down 2-0 2-0 in this series, losing two games at home. I mean, credit to the Celtics. Obviously, they took back home court advantage to where they can just win the, the, their three home games in the series and they win the series. But I cannot see it. And you guys can tell me if, if you disagree with me, but I don't see this series going 2-0 to the Celtics. I refuse to believe that. Obviously, the Warriors fell apart there at the end. The Warriors team that we've seen in this playoffs, I refuse to believe that they are going to dig themselves into a hole down 0-2 in this series. Um 
But I will say I'm, I'm excited and I'm happy that the Celtics won this game because I do think that this is really for the first time major adversity that the Warriors are facing in this series. And maybe down 1-0, you're not saying that's not a lot of adversity. I think 2-0 would be insane adversity for them. But if you think about the Warriors in this playoffs, all right, first round, I don't even remember who they played. Trevor, who they played in the first round? I don't even remember. They played the Denver Nuggets. Denver. Not a big deal. Okay. Second mm-hmm. series. Oh, you got the you got the up-and-coming Grizzlies. Well, Ja Morant gets hurt. Third series, you got the Mavericks, which probably shouldn't have been there anyway. I really do think that, obviously, the Celtics are a good team, but I'm excited to see how the Warriors respond tonight because, like I said, I really do think this is the first time that they've faced major adversity in this series. I guess maybe the first couple games against Memphis before Ja got hurt. But I think the Warriors look at the Celtics going, if that team's healthy, then we're in a lot of trouble if we keep playing like the way we did in the second half in game one. So I'm very excited to see how, one, Steph Curry responds and how, in general, the whole team responds um, coming off of a, just a disastrous second half in Game 1. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Like, the, the Celtics, I coming in, I thought, I was like, I don't know. I was like, maybe Robert Williams is still a little hurt. Maybe he's still banged up. Marcus Smart, is he going to be 100%? And, and I don't know, maybe they still will have issues, but they looked, I don't know, it looked, it looked better than I expected, I guess, as far as the health. And then the home court was the other factor, uh, or well, was one of the factors of why I picked the Warriors. And the Celtics have now won a road game, right? And they have won road games all playoffs. They beat Miami in Miami, uh, I think three. They might have been three times on the road. I think I think they beat Milwaukee at least twice on the road or something like that. So yeah, they they've proven that they're really good winning on the road. Um, and yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I think for game two, like. You know, Steph was really good. I think Andrew Wiggins was also really good. But Draymond Green has to, like, establish himself. Like, he has to be able to score in some way. Obviously, he's not a good shooter. But he has to be able to drive to the basket get a bucket. I mean, when you're on offense, and, and I think Steve Kerr also was playing Iggy with Draymond at times. I just, you can't be doing that. Like, at that point, you're almost playing three on five at offense. Like, Iggy's not a great shooter. Draymond can't shoot. So you're you're putting so much pressure on Steph Curry to do everything for your offense, and even Andrew Wiggins to a lesser extent, I guess. And you know it's they just have to show something. And I I do expect either like either Clay or Jordan Poole. I think one of them will probably have a really good game tonight. But um, I think Draymond has to give you more. Uh, but that, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, Brandon, do you have any any thoughts on on the game one? Um, not a lot to say yet about game one, but the Warriors will win the next four. That is what I'm calling. No, it will be over in five. There's no way you think that. I refuse to believe that you actually think that. I do. I do. I do. Four straight games, Warriors win. No. There's no way you think that. You don't believe it. (laughs) That's insane. It's my bold prediction. (laughs) Bold prediction. All right, you do you, man. That's crazy. I don't think you actually believe that, but all right. Hey, we'll see you tonight. We will see you tonight. Yeah. But I think we'll uh, we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate all the support on the podcast, as always. Of course, uh, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review if you enjoyed it. Uh, we have a new AA team coming out Tuesday at 7 a.m., um, which will be great so you guys can hear for your commutes to work, school, whatever it might be. Um, of course, follow us on Twitter at the small bar. The link is in the description. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!